You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Friday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can find a bunch of other links in the show notes. Today on the show, it's Bold Prediction Friday, which is what we'll do at the end of the show, but I also want to talk a little more about the Arizona Cardinals. I want to talk about their defense. We've got some injury report stuff to do and just a little bit more about defending the option. We talked about the option a lot on yesterday's show, so go check that out if you want a quick primer on just like how it works. If you're not familiar, you want a refresher, Uh, but otherwise, come on a little journey with us. I guess we should start with the news, though, Um, and none of it's good. (laughs) So... In addition to Anthony Barr continuing to be a DNP, and we talked about yesterday, I don't have a lot of optimism that he's going to play much this year. Uh, I I have a little bit of concern that his knee is arthritic and that once they figure out the pain management of his knee, um, it's like going to be very limited how much you can put stress onto it. I also uh, should tell you that the rest of the injury report didn't change except Eric Kendricks was added to it and he was a DNP with a quad injury uh which I think was the same injury he suffered last year so yikes and uh an MRI according to Courtney Cronin of ESPN an MRI is going to be done on that to determine its severity um must have happened in practice uh over the day or something like that or in training or something um not a lot of information on what it is but the Vikings are concerned about how it will affect his availability so at least going into this game as it looks right now as of this recording the Vikings are going to be down two linebackers, and that's going to make it really difficult for them to defend the option. The option is a staple of the Arizona Cardinals defense, and defending it without two very experienced, very veteran linebackers that are very disciplined uh, is going to be really difficult. Now, I think if Nick Vigil can play, he was, I think, limited again. He's still dealing with an ankle injury, Um, but if he's limited all week, there's a decent chance that he goes. Um, and then you'll kind of be with Blake Lynch and like Ryan Connolly and all those guys. And Ryan Connolly, again, he's got a couple of years of experience in the league. So these aren't fresh, you know, these aren't raw guys. These aren't green guys, except for Chaz Surratt, who probably won't play from scrimmage. I would imagine he's the last guy they want to put in on, on the linebacker core. Um, he's mostly special teamer right now. And then uh, Troy Dye and Blake Lynch. And obviously those guys have to get a little bit more run as um, as the, the depth chart is tested here early in the season. And we don't know for how much of the season. So we'll have to see how that goes. I've always been OK with the linebacker depth, though. I thought that was one of my uh, positions that I, I don't know. It's I think Blake Lynch showed a lot in the game against Cincinnati. Like, I feel better about him than I did after the preseason. He had a strong preseason, but it was like, how much can I trust this? Can you do it in a real game? Um, And he wasn't, you know, this superstar. I don't think he was starting quality or anything, but he could do simplistic tasks, which was more than we could say about him last year. Um, I don't mind Nick Vigil. I think Troy Dye has come a long way. So maybe they'll be all right, um, but it'll obviously be a hit. And so let's talk about defending the option. So if you missed yesterday's episode, you don't want to go back and watch it or or listen to it. Um, You can go. I highly recommend if you have the choice doing YouTube because I pulled out the whiteboard a little bit and uh, did a little bit of drawing and the visual aid, I think, helps. Um, But for defending the option... It's really difficult, and it's especially difficult in college where the option is everywhere. And so this is, you know, a lot of defensive college guys have to kind of come up with ways. 
And here is, so I, I, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, I found a little clinic that was very good, uh, a very good quick explainer of here's how we defend the option, one coach's way of doing it. And I thought it made sense. Um, but basically, the key to defending the option is to not let a guy read the play. Somebody's not reading, the, like you cannot let your defensive lineman try to guess who has the ball. And the point of the option, if you missed it, quick refresher is you basically identify a player on the play. A lot of times it's like their superstar guy. It's their Daniil Hunter. And if he goes after the running back, the quarterback keeps it. If he goes after the quarterback, the quarterback hands it off to the running back. And essentially the defensive lineman has to make his decision before the quarterback makes his decision. So the defensive lineman has to kind of declare, okay, I'm taking the running back, and then that will make the quarterback keep the ball. But you can take advantage of that if you tell the defensive lineman to, or whoever the read is on the play, you tell that guy, all right, if you're getting read on this play, just always go after the quarterback. Uh, because, you know, you don't want it to be a bootleg or an RPO or something like that. If if the quarterback can keep it, especially if it's Kyler Murray, ball's way more dangerous in Kyler Murray's hands, just go after Kyler Murray every single time. And if that means you work yourself out of a run play, that's fine. If we know that's coming, we can handle it. So that's the first step is to take the reading part out of it and just always get, you know, if the answer needs to be A or B, just always answer B. And then if they go for play A because we answered B, we'll just, you know, figure out a plan. If we know play, play A is coming, we'll figure out a plan to defend that, even if we're down a man doing it. Um, then you can kind of fit the run play the way you would want to. And I think the cool part is uh, the kind of temporal aspect if you ever played rock paper scissors as a kid and if you are an older sibling or if you had an older sibling or if you just played it with your friends you always pull that trick where you know you would play rock paper scissors and you would kind of go just like a little after your your friend or your sibling would so if they like put down scissors you kind of wait just until the very beginning you could see the two fingers of scissors coming out and then you would do rock uh that is kind of the gamesmanship that goes on with these option plays if you think about it temporally and just think about it like who's making what decision when, right? The uh, quarterback is making a bunch of decisions before the snap. And let's say the Vikings, the defense will be disguising a coverage. So those pre-snap decisions are made before the defense has declared what defense that they're in. And with the option and RPOs too, which are in everybody's offense nowadays, um, the kind of beauty of an RPO is that you can make what's kind of a pre-snap check almost. You can decide between run and pass after the snap, after the defense. You know, the defense can't disguise what their defense is in the middle of the play. Once the play starts, they have to show their hand. And so then you can start once you know that they've showed their hand and it gets rid of a whole bunch of, you know, pre-snap trickery and all that stuff. If you remember back to the 2017 NFC Championship game, a lot of the coolest things Mike Zimmer did in that 2017 season was disguising the defense, and it didn't matter against all the RPOs that the Eagles ran, and that's part of what why that blowout happened. So if you think about, you know, just a second, just a moment after the snap, a quarterback makes his decision. Um, and that decision is based off of what the defensive lineman does. So really, a moment after the snap, the defensive lineman makes the decision, do I go after the QB or the running back? Um, and then the QB makes his decision after that based on what the defensive end did. But who's making their decision next? The linebackers probably, or even go back to the safety. And this is what I think is cool about it. If you, you need somebody to be making a decision. You can't just say, okay, defensive end, get the quarterback, linebacker, get the running back, uh, you know, slot corner, get the pitch out guy. If there's a pitch out guy and boom, we did it because you're taking two guys out of the play. If you're asking, you know, if, if it is to the running back, well, the defensive end and the slot cornerback just, went and got the wrong guy, right? 
Uh, so you, you have to kind of get somebody to read the play in turn. Um, that can be the safety. Because if the safety's coming in, you know, especially the free safety, they're going to be lined up really deep. And usually it makes it hard for them to get involved in the run play. Um, but if they you know, take forever to get from 20 yards deep or wherever they're lining up to get actually into the play, that also gives the play time to develop. And similarly to how an RPO affects a defense, the safety can wait for the play to declare what it is. Pre-snap, the defensive end does not know if this one's going to the quarterback or the running back. The linebacker doesn't know that either. You don't know where the play is going. But six steps into the snap, by the time the safety actually gets there and has to start choosing which direction he goes we kind of know what the play is. And so the safety can do that. And I think that's a general principle. Um, the clinic that I posted is in four two five, which is basically the base, like nickel four defensive linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs, which is probably a common look that we'll, we'll see the option against. So I figured that was a good one to go with, but you know, if, if the personnel changes the who blocks, who changes. Um, but really the principle remains the same. Whoever is getting read, make one decision every single time, and then we will figure it out knowing what the play is now and taking that sort of multiplicity out of the defense. I want to talk about the Arizona defense too, which I have not talked about at all yet, and I want to talk about how I would attack it if I were the Vikings, and of course we have our bold predictions coming up too. So first let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in nine delicious flavors, chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, orange, chocolate, cherry, all kinds of delicious stuff. Covered in 100% chocolate, like 17 grams of protein in there, only like four grams of sugars, four grams of carbs. It is delicious. It's even keto friendly if you want to do that. I recommend the sample, the sample box. Gives you two of each of their nine flavors. They also have some limited edition ones that come uh, around the website every once in a while. So head on over to built.com. Just check in, see if you can't get some limited edition good stuff. And when you buy something, whatever you buy there, you can enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word, to get 15% off of your order at built.com. So let me talk about the defense of Arizona a little bit, um, because the defense that Arizona has is very, very fast. They have a ton of speed. Their big guys are fast. You know, they're Chandler Joneses and, and even, you know, J.J. Watt has some athleticism. And they run, I think they run a lot more zone than they run man, which is exploitable in its own way. Um, but really, what I see is a very fast defense. And I went on Locked On Cardinals for their version of the crossover, and they basically asked me, like, what do you do? What would you do against our defense? And my answer to that was, I want to deny that speed. You know, you've got Isaiah Simmons, you have Buda Baker, uh, you have, uh, again, Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, and of course, Zayvon Collins, a rookie. They've got a lot of speed on that defense. And that is really intimidating to me. And when I watched the Titans Cardinals game to, to prepare for this, what I noticed was the, the Titans had the most success when they were condensed against the, the Cardinals, when they clumped everything together. When they went, you know, your classic three wide, spread everything out, and the Cardinals were able to spread everybody out, everybody on their defense has so much range that it was really difficult to find holes in their zone defense. So what I want to do is max out the amount that those guys have to run to make it so that their range isn't good enough anymore. And the way I would do that is by condensing everything. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean running three tight ends, right? Because the Vikings don't have three good tight ends, and that's probably not matching to their personnel. In the Cincinnati game, they went three wide, four wide, a ton. You know, they wanted to go uh, a, a little bit faster against that. And I think part of that is just, you know, I would rather have D.D. Westbrook on the field than Chris Herndon. 
Um, and, you know, KJ Osborne versus, uh, you know, Ben Ellison or, or Brandon Dillon or whoever, I'd rather have the wide receivers right now. So you can do that, but just bunch them up. And I, I do think that a little bit more Chris Herndon and get some Ben Ellison. Mike Zimmer did mention in a presser this week he was going to do something different with the active-inactive this week. So I, I would imagine you might get Ellison active, and he's a blocking tight end. So he's going to block. So put in, you know, Chris Herndon, Tyler Conklin, Ellison, and run 13 personnel there, three tight ends, and run it, just jam it. Your range does not matter in a phone booth, and that's what I want to do with this defense. I want to make it a fist fight in a phone booth. I've got a lot of fear of a lot of guys. Buda Baker scares the heck out of me. Zayvon Collins looked pretty good in that first game. Um, You know, obviously Chandler Jones against Rashad Hill is this big thing. Everybody's talking about that. I want to put everything in a phone booth and put everybody together, and I want my guys to be bigger than their guys. And if I bring out all my bigs and they have to bring out their bigs, that means they're taking off superstar rangy players to do that. And that's a win for me as well. So that's what I want to do to to Arizona. I want to make this a physical game. I like the odds better in a physical game than in a finesse game against the way that Arizona is built. And I also just want to say, I mean, there's a lot of doom about this matchup because they just blew out the Titans who are like the exact same team as the Vikings. Um, and that's, of course, really scary. Um, if you watch that game, everything went right for Arizona. And I, I talked to the Lockdown Cardinals guys about this too, and like they did not disagree. I mean, every ball that popped up landed in a Cardinals lap instead of a Titans lap, you know, fumble right to a Cardinal. Um, you know, every 50-50 call went the Cardinals way. It seemed like just one of those things where every time there's a coin flip in the game, it went for the Cardinals. And to the Cardinals credit, when that means you blow out a team that made the play, that won their division last year, that means you're probably a pretty good team. But variance is a fickle mistress. So we'll just have to see how it all goes down. Um, I want to make sure we get to the bold predictions. But first, let me talk to you about betonline.ag. If you have a bold prediction, you want to make a little bit of cash on it. Why don't you lay down some money at BetOnline? BetOnline is your one-stop shop for all things grambling. You can bet on the Vikings game. The Vikings line has actually moved. I think they are plus three and a half now. So uh, if you wanted to bet against the Vikings, you get another point. If you wanted to bet on them, you you missed a good line. You better get in while the getting's still good. You can bet on that football, basketball, baseball, Vegas casino games, whatever you want at betonline.ag. And if you ever enter promo code locked on and L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, if you haven't signed up, do that. And then when you make your first deposit, you can enter promo code locked on. You get a hundred percent welcome bonus. So whatever you put in for your first deposit, they will match it. That is at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, it's time for bold predictions. Y'all know how this works. Give me your spiciest takes. I'll ask for them sometime, usually Thursday morning. Give me your spicy takes. I'll read my favorites on the show. If you get them right, I don't know, I'll buy you some pill bar or something. Uh, nobody's done it yet, though. So uh, let me go back over yesterday or last week's because it's always fun to see just how close people got. The first one was Gabriel Greco. He said every touchdown involves a rookie skill player. Didn't quite get there. Had a couple feeling a T. Higgins, a Joe Mix. And you did get the Jamar Chase. You got one rookie. Uh, Skoller, whatever, said ISM more return yards in this game than the Vikings had all last season. Uh, that was 69 was the record that we were aiming at. I don't think we got there. Yeah, uh, so Emir Smith-Marset was only kick returns. He got 21 yards all last season. The Vikings had like 700 yards in kick returns. Uh, they only had 69 yards in punt returns. D.B. Westbrook got 12, so not even in spirit. Uh, Dan Shepik said, entire offensive line false start again. 
Whew, uh, you got that in spirit, didn't you? You got the entire offensive line with a penalty. If all of them had a false start in particular, I would give that to you, but all the false starts were not on the offensive line. There was only one on Brian O'Neill. Everybody else was skill players. So, God, this is the closest anybody's gotten in a while, though. Uh, Martin Pease said Dalvin Cook has more total yards than the entire Bengals. That obviously didn't get there. Dalvin Cook got pretty much stymied, only 61 yards on the day uh, and 43 uh, through the air. Uh, Matthias said pick six on the opening drive. Then Kirk is lights out. Uh, that didn't happen. Obviously the opening drive was its own special kind of disaster. You just weren't creative enough in the kind of disaster that the Vikings produced. You just got to be as creative as they are in inventing new ways to be embarrassing. Uh, Kurt with two C's said total of seven touchdowns scored only three from offenses didn't get there. Um, so whew, somebody got really close that time. Let's go to the week two ones. First one I picked came from Kyle Slaby, who said Kirk Cousins has more rushing yards than Kyler Murray this weekend. A few people said some version of this. I like the simple one that Kyle Slaby said. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome, right? Kirk Cousins can scramble and they have done like naked boots with him before in like super rare circumstances. So it's not outside the realm of possibility, especially if the Vikings really clamp down and Kyler Murray doesn't get any rushing yards or anything like that, or they, you know, show fronts that take away the option. Um, and, and they don't do that. Like I, I could see a world where this happens, obviously not likely, unlikely enough to be bold. Riley Osborne Hudson says Wyatt Davis makes an appearance on the offensive line. See, I don't even know if he's going to be active. Um, I, he was active. I think he was active last week. So maybe, um, uh, there is a possibility here if the Vikings are angry enough with Ezra Cleveland, he was really, really poor or angry enough with uh, Rashad Hill to like kick Ezra out or something like that. Maybe they do that. Um, it's very bold. I think you probably have a better chance of just saying you predicted an injury. Uh, but hey, you know, with the benching scenario out there, too, that's not outside the realm. Riley Swansonson says Dantzler plays a visibly great game on specials, recovering a muffed punt and making multiple tackles, effectively putting him back in Zimmer's good graces. I like that one. I, I, I just partial to, to Cameron Dantzler. Um, so this is Dantzler, I, I think, is going to be active in this one. He was, of course, a scratch in uh, the Cincinnati game, which is very interesting. He just kind of lost his spot. And Andre Patterson even said, like, yeah, it's kind of about like not really being good on special teams. And Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd better on special teams. So they're the guys that get to dress. If you're going to be a backup, you've got to contribute somewhere you can't put on the pads and then never get in the game uh except for you know backup quarterback and o-line and like certain positions like that but even the backup o-line gets in um and like field goal units and stuff so yeah that's the deal with cameron dantzler but harrison hand has been hurt he got hurt in that game and he's been dnp all week so maybe dantzler gets in and maybe uh maybe he has a good game on special teams maybe he's just a gamer uh, David Blaschk says Vikings O-line has zero penalties and allows zero sacks. Obviously, that is bold because we saw what they all did. Um, and I like how he said zero pressures. It is totally plausible to have a zero sack game. Kirk Cousins have had, has had zero sack games before. Um, you know, get the ball out quickly. If they have really exotic blitzes and stuff, you have blitz counters. That's totally possible. Have a little discipline. Again, very bold, but I could see the, like, I, I see what the scenario looks like where it happens. And that's my favorite kind. Uh, John Knox says two returns of some kind for touchdowns that will determine the winning team. I would have liked this one better if you were like, but the other team wins because that's the chaotic way that the Vikings like to operate. Um, but yeah, two returns of, of touchdown for some kind. Unfortunately, I don't think the Vikings are likely to be on the right side of that transaction. 
But if the winning team gets two return touchdowns, I give it to you. Uh, Christopher Allen says Hunter is put in as a running back in a goal line situation and gets the handoff and scores it and then does it again on the two point conversion. Uh, I don't need the two point conversion to give this to you. If Hunter gets in in a run play and carries the ball in for a score, I'll give it to you. Honestly, if he blocks and, and he lead blocks and they go in for a score, I'll give that to you. Here's the thing. If the Vikings wanted to put an offensive player or a defensive player on the offense, it would be Michael Pierce, who played running back in high school, uh, which is hilarious to imagine. Um, but also as like a lead blocker, he's just bigger and stuff. So that's what I would do. But the the Cardinals have that on tape. They actually had uh, Lecky Fotu and J.J. Watt line up as lead blockers in a goal line situation. Um, and then they bootlegged away from that. They just did a naked bootleg away from the strong side of the play, which had those two guys. So it was all just a ruse, which is just evil, like Jesus Cliff. Uh, so it's on tape and maybe the Vikings steal something like that. I don't know. Could happen. I can't wait for this. Um, I don't really like to do score predictions of the game. Um, I bet Cardinals minus four when that was there, uh, just because I'm I'm not feeling it. And I am I'm afraid of the Cardinals just like everybody else is. Um, but I mean, there is a way to do it. If you defend the option with discipline, I think if you can get the run game going and be really physical and remove their speed advantage, put the game in a context where you have the advantage, I think there's a way to do that. Um, but hey, we'll see. We'll pick up the pieces on the other side, no matter what happens. Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast. You can get your grambles straight. Don't listen to my gambling advice. I suck at it. So <laughs> go, <laughs> go over there. And uh, listen to your boy Q and Lee Sterling sit you all up. I will see you all on the other side. See you all next week. And as always, skull.